0: Welcome to the Council of Moms. This is the place where we come together and have real talk. Yeah, we have the audacity to say what we really think to each other in the hopes of making lives better, not just for ourselves, but for other people, because that happens when we are empathetic, vulnerable, and we show up for each other. And I am so glad that this Council of Moms showed up today, so thank you for being here. And I'm going to uh, have each member of our Council of Moms today introduce themselves and say the wish that they would grant all of the parents in the world if they had such power. I'll start, if I had one wish that I could grant to all the parents in the world, I would grant them eight solid hours of sleep every night. (laughs) I think that would solve most of our problems as parents. Um, And next we have... I am
1: Jen Johnson. How about this, that you don't have to go to bed worried And you don't wake up worried. Oh, that's great. you can go to sleep peaceful, knowing that everything's going to be okay. How about
0: that? That's a great wish. (laughs) That's a good one. I accept. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: okay. That's a
2: good one. Uh, My name's Colleen Harker, and the wish that I would give all of the parents is adjustable hearing, so that you can (laughs) turn it off and you can turn it on. (laughs) I like that.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm Emily Spencer, and if I were to grant a wish to all the parents, it would be the ability to forgive themselves and to let go of the guilt.
0: Oh, this is great. Why aren't we in charge of all the wishes of the world?
3: (laughs) I like this. This
0: is really good.
3: (laughs) Well, this is a great place to start off
0: for the Council of Moms. Um, We asked you answered for the, on The Lisa Show on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. We asked, what questions do you have for the Council of Moms? We took it really seriously. And today's question is a combination of several questions we got under the same subheading, if you will. And it was all about teenagers. And uh, so I really... I want to get into the specifics of it, but to start everybody off, this episode of the Council of Moms is really going to be dealing with the particulars of raising teenagers. And so I would like to f- kick it off by asking this, what's what surprised you the most about parenting teenagers that you didn't see coming? I'll start. I...
1: For some reason, and this is really strange that I even thought this to begin with, that that they don't think like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have their own brain. <laughs> they don't like the things that I like. They don't do the things that I do. That was very surprising. Yeah, I just thought, well, I like it. Why don't you like it? Or yeah, I, I raised you, and I raised you, you in
0: this house, yeah. so I think you
1: should do this. Mm. Why don't you think you should do this? <laughs> that was one of the that was mm. one of the things that I had to learn is that they are thinking for themselves. Yeah.
2: One thing that surprised me is I've got one teenager. He's 17. He is delightful. He was a really difficult, like, baby and toddler and even, like, up until he was about eight. But as a teenager, he is just a joy. That was shocking to me. That's
0: awesome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, actually, I think kind of mine are the same. I think partly is that they are so much fun, so much fun to talk to and connect on that level and have real conversations with and... Um, so that's been surprising, but then also that they want to differentiate. Mm-hmm. they want to be independent. they do, and yet they still need you, and so it's that tricky balance of um letting them go, but supporting and loving them in the way that's helpful, so yeah, that's been mm-hmm. surprising as well
1: <laughs> and what I've noticed is that it's you kind of let it need to be on their terms mm-hmm. because yeah. I'll come home from work and I'm ready to have a discussion how you know they mm-hmm. come in from yeah. their jobs or their whatever they've been doing that day and uh, and I need to remember that my youngest, she needs time to process what's happened. She needs some alone time. Mm-hmm. Talking right when I get into the house is not something that she wants to do. So I need to talk to her when she's ready mm-hmm. to talk and— uh and it's different for my son. It's different for my oldest daughter, too. So, that's yeah,
2: right when you sit down to read a book. That's when <laughs> yeah, they want to talk. That's that's when they, you're in bed or when you want to go to bed. bed. That's <laughs> when my kids want to
1: talk. At night. They're like, do yeah. you have a
0: second? Are you tired? What no, are you doing? No, <laughs> Just is laying here. Yeah. <laughs> Come on in. I was surprised about how disinterested my children have been in my research. Like, I've figured things out and I've studied things yeah. to make their lives better and mine, you know, like everyone's. Mm-hmm. And they don't care. That, <laughs> the amount of times that my kids have been like, "Oh no, mom, read an article." <laughs> that is alarming. And I was like, huh? "But I read it so that we could figure this out. I've come up with a solution. Why aren't you interested in my scientifically backed solution?" <laughs> they don't. They're not interested in that. It's it's meeting them where they are and my parents used to tape articles, like, printed out or newspaper articles, like, to my bedroom door, like, with things written (laughs) in Sharpie, like, this is why we want you home by 11, and circle things and stuff, and I don't think I read one of them. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Dad. But um, I really thought that my kids would be different, Mm, which is so—it's funny, and (laughs) you would think that it would deter me from sending said articles. It hasn't. Um, I don't want this discussion to be like bashing teenagers, like, oh, they don't understand. Because and and I and I know this is why I've assembled this cancel. I know that you don't feel that way. Like mm-hmm. it's such a wonderful, exciting age, but it's yes. also hard. Yeah. It's yes. it's it's just it just is. And it depends on your kid and what they're going through or not going through or whatever about what the experience is gonna be like, but it is a, a sort of a trickier conversation. I have noticed and maybe you have too, that we're much more likely to share as moms when our kids are little. Oh, my kid did the cutest thing. Oh, they just started walking. Let me tell you everything that they can eat, they can't eat. You know, when they're babies and toddlers and there's no really sense of privacy or anything and it's fine. And then you start to get into like middle school and then parents get quiet Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it's harder to share what they're going through and you don't want to betray their trust, you know, in telling you things. But because we don't share, we also miss out. I th- it does feel more isolating, I think, than other phases of parenting. Mm-hmm, yes, so, I agree. Th- yeah. I'd like to sort of set it up that way. Um, but I, I want to ask you a lot of the questions because these uh, questions that I'm asking the council of mom comes from from real people who are like, ooh. A couple of the questions were in relation to raising teenagers. What were, were What what kind of boundaries should I set that's reasonable? Like, how do I know when I'm pushing too much or I'm being too lenient? You know, obviously they want differentiation. They need it. They need that autonomy and to learn to make decisions and have the consequences play out on their own. They have to learn that. How do you know where that boundary is? How do you know when they're pushing too much and when to put your foot down I mean what does that even mean put your foot down <laughs> as far as boundaries are concerned. What's your perspective it's on so it? I, it's so hard. It it's so hard.
1: You know and it depends on on your on your teenager and yeah. which one you're there yeah. cuz they're my mine are very different from each other. I know and I don't know if this fits the fits the question or not but I remember I got some great advice from a really good friend once she said no matter what they're telling you mm-hmm. Your face stays neutral. Hmm. Um, That's so and, hard. And yeah, it could be you know really something that you're just so surprised that that they're involved in, or something really scary, or something. But you keep a neutral face and you talk to them about it. Um, with a calm voice, mm-hmm. because if you don't, they won't come back. Yeah, they they won't come back. They'll like, okay, I can't tell. I can't tell mom that, she'll explode or she'll freak out. She'll freak out. And if you have, you know, if that's if that's something that's happened, you know, that you know, just let go of that and and move on. And just know that when they come to you with something, open that door, keep it open, keep talking to them, and then together, you know, talk about. Mm-hmm you know what what would have been more appropriate what could we do to help what can i do to help you especially with the things that they're facing right now because they're scary yeah. some things these kids face i never had that happen to me i never was in, had any of my friends had to deal with the things that they that they have to deal with and so if you don't have communication and just let them come and tell you whatever it may be no matter what it is that's that's kind of the boundary that that i've Tried to keep open. I don't know if that that yeah. helps.
0: No, I think that's super helpful. I've had to. T- I I agree with that. I've had to. I I have so many distinct memories of me screaming in my head to myself: "Relax your face. Relax. Relax. <laughs> relax. You'll freak out later. Freak out later. Look. Look neutral. Don't don't. Because when you, I show everything. Your eyes like everything. <laughs> like. Uh, you, you, like
3: Every people don't know what a good
0: actress you. I am,
3: and <laughs> I always tell my kids, "You don't even know how good I am." <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a a principle that I just learned yesterday that I would love to share. How timely! That it, yeah, I really think it fits this t- a little bit, um, and it was from a therapist uh, who talked about our expectations as parents are often up here, mm-hmm. and and I, I mean, I hate to even steal this from this. <laughs> I would like to give her credit, but I, I the expectation is up here their ability is often down here. In between that space is where resentment sits. Ooh. Resentment from those with the expectations, looking at the people who are trying and then our, maybe our kids who have this ability and resent us for having those expectations. So I think um, I love that principle. And if we can bring those two things in line, whereas we still have our expectations, we ha- have expectations of our kids to try to improve, to grow uh, and ourselves as well but we need to make our expectations realistic as well and and maybe that is the open conversations like you know what what works for both both of us how can we come together and and make these two things align so um i love that because i think in any relationship we have these expectations, and that often leads to disappointment yeah. and resentment. So I really love that principle. I wanted to share that because oh, I think it goes so along good. with this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to remember that. With, yeah. yeah, with setting um, and with setting boundaries too, um, having kids take ownership in that I think is really important, having them be a part of the conversation. That it's not just heavy-handed. It's not just yeah. my way or the highway. It's let's have that conversation. We're a safe place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, we're willing to be flexible mm-hmm. um, to meet your needs and maintain our boundaries at the same time. So communication is huge, Ooh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's like the biggest thing
2: is communication, like treating your kids Sometimes it's hard to treat your teenager like an adult, but they expect to be treated like an adult. So if you're able and to And they're have, practicing like, at it. Yeah, exactly. How do they know how to be an adult unless exactly. you let them practice? So if you have, have, have conversations about things like setting curfews and things, like have a conversation like, these are my sleep needs, and I need you to help yeah. me support my sleep <laughs> needs, and you have sleep needs. Oh, man, that conversation. <laughs> and it's my job to try and get you to sleep as well. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but like so communicating true. and like talking to each other with respect, I've noticed like the most conflicts we have is when I get snarky and he feels disrespected. Mm. That's when things go south
0: fast. (laughs) Yeah, and identifying that, I think that's so great. You know, I think that sometimes these conversations get heated or uncomfortable because in a way that— they don't when we're talking about younger kids is because there's this discomfort in they're trying to figure out who they are and what they Mm -hmm. value and what they want. And you're trying to be like, yeah, but do you know what I think? (laughs) Yeah. But you know, here's the expectation. Mm -hmm. Um, and those kinds of conversations are hard. So I I'm curious as to what kind of experience you've had when you disagree with your, um, teenagers choices and, um, and and how you navigate that by holding still like a family rule or you know like there we have to have rules to have safety you know this is the things that I explain to my mm-hmm. kids and also there are things of like this is my house and this is what I want in my house and what I don't want in my house or this is how I want my house to be and mm-hmm. what I don't so these are my these are the house rules or the mm-hmm. family rules you know everybody sort of phrases it differently when they disagree um what has helped you to to still keep those conversations positive, holding the boundaries and preserves a relationship? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that it that it, those are those nebulous times where you're like, oh, did I say the right thing? Did I do the right thing? Should I let this go or not? But this is what I want. How do you know? Yeah. Well, I
1: my my youngest will be the first to tell you. We struggled when she was 15, 16, 17 really struggled. Our relationship was fractured in many ways. And I just remember one time thinking, how am I going to repair this? Mm. Because I love this child so much. And the thought that came to my mind was, are you listening to her? Mm. Are you listening to her? Because I was just worried about what I was going to say next, what I was going to do next. And it took... You know, for those that are, are struggling with their teenagers or have a fractured relationship, I just had to start with, okay, I'm just going to listen, and and it took, it took months, almost almost a year to rebuild our relationship and get it back to where, I where I was, I was hoping we could get to, but um, listening to her, not always being the one to speak. Um, try and just reaffirming that I loved her. I think those were the three things that kind of helped us. And I don't, I don't know how, how it is with, with your teenagers, but you go through phases where where things just aren't really good. And I just want to say, just keep reaffirming that you love them. Just because once I finally figured out what was happening in her life and all the things that were, it was just, it, it wasn't good. And, uh, I just reaffirm that love, and we, miss, we work at it a little bit each day. We have mm-hmm. setbacks. That's okay. Then you just keep working at it again. I don't know if
0: that answered your yeah. question a little bit, but that's kind of to what I think it's an important component of it for we sure.
3: Were. Yeah, I, as a mental health nurse, I worked closely with a psychiatrist who would call that duct tape parenting. And he would say, just put a piece of duct tape over your mouth, pretend mm-hmm. to put it, and just stop talking and start listening and I think it really does go a long way. So it, it kind of goes along with that. Um, I Sometimes think it, not talking is really hard. <laughs> it's super hard. Especially if we it's have your job. S- I always tell my yeah. kids, like,
0: you know, my
3: job is yeah. to talk.
0: So, no, I'll listen. You're right. Well, yep. and we yep. have all yep. these
3: <laughs> pearls of wisdom that we can <laughs> bestow on our children, right? And they don't want to hear Again, it, like you're they, saying. A lot of articles. We've just, read a lot yeah. of articles. <laughs> and they don't care. <laughs> and they don't They just care. don't care because they want They want to be heard. Um Sometimes I think those boundaries, I mean, there are very important ones, but sometimes it's okay to take a good look at the rules that we have. And like you said originally, Jen, for each for each of one of our children that are so different, how can we like is that is it really important? Can we take their input and listen to what they're saying and and modify it a little bit again, to meet both of our needs? Okay, you know, so. Like,
0: what what are examples that, of things that maybe rules that you've changed or rules that you've been like, uh-uh, this is staying?
3: One thing this past year, um I had a particular child that um, had, had, had some emotional challenges. And um, the, the clean room was very elusive. And it was something that I walked past every day. I had to harp on it every day. I brought it up every day. And inside, it was just eating away at this child. And I just had to realize, you know, this child's emotional and mental health is more important than this clean room. Yeah. As much as I want them to have a clean room. Um, that's something that I kind of let go of. And I know that's maybe not one of the rules that you're referring to specifically like curfews or 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 something, you know, um, it's kind of prioritizing the rules and, um, and it depends on the child. Um, what what their particular needs are and challenges are at the time. No, I, I appreciate know. that. I
0: know especially after the pandemic when things were opening up a little bit more and my all of my children's mental health really suffered. I think most people did. I think that I I think we're just beginning to really understand the, the consequences. Of, yeah, the consequences of, of, of that time of that isolation during that developmental time because that was something I didn't anticipate. And it's it it changed the way that especially my my younger kids um, were raised compared to my older kids. And so things like curfew and different social activities and expectations, those boundaries, those things that I always was so rigid with have to have changed for sure. I think that's an wow. example of things that I thought, oh, I didn't see this coming, but no, this 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 makes sense and I'm willing to do that.
3: And I just want to add one more thing, because I I mean, obviously, we're we can be talking about much larger issues, you know, drug and alcohol. I know I really want to
0: address that too.
3: But again, for me, one thing I was gonna say before is, um, if we can look at the why Mm -hmm. as to why our teens are making the choices that they're making. Um, I think we need to address the root of the problem, not just the problem. Yeah. Sometimes we just want to address, you know, they're late all the time or we're, there, we're finding substances or, you know, they're doing whatever, breaking the rules. Well, well, what, what's at the root of that? Mm-hmm. What is, you know, is this a cry for help? Is there something else going on, you know, with their mental health or school or relationships or abuse or, you know, all those kinds of things? Let's look at the root of the problem and, and attack that first and not just the symptom.
1: I had a, f- a funny role growing, when my kids were growing up. Yeah. You want to hear it? Oh, totally. <laughs> I Bedroom doors were to remain open. Okay. That was my role. Bedroom doors open. You need privacy, go in the bathroom. <laughs> but bedroom doors remain open. And when my daughter was about eight, she was so mad at me. She went into her room and slammed the door and then put all of her stuffed animals <laughs> in front of the door. <laughs> so when I opened Bless it, it was <laughs> everything was was stuck. But— it, it was pretty funny, but as, uh, but for me, they were they they get on their phones and they're so isolated and they're so and I just think you know we're not going to go in our rooms and isolate ourselves yeah. more. If you need privacy, just say, Mom, I need some time. Yeah, you can you know, and I won't bother you in your room. But the doors stay open. My door was open. Their doors were open, and uh, it was just a, a chance for me to walk by and say, You doing okay? Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Okay, just checking, and you know. Keep going and doing my thing, but that was one of my. And they rules. know that
0: they're not isolated. Yeah. You know that you know there's somebody's there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, and as they got older and teenagers, you know, they slam the door and then they are, they yell downstairs, "It's open." <laughs> <laughs> I'm following the
2: rules. It was my
0: favorite. You have to. I just got to slam it first to make that point. <laughs> the door <car> is open. <laughs> well, and 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 you touched on a little bit of like you know, clean rooms and curfew and things are you know, I I wish that were the only thing that parents are really talking about. And and I love that you brought up the point. You've all really brought it. Like, what are they really trying to say? When I get questions for the Council of Moms about boundaries and what to let go, I think, what are these moms really trying to say? And I have thought of my most vulnerable, difficult mothering moments. And I think, ooh, maybe it's something like this. And so maybe it is of like, my kids are doing, dr- you know, illegal drugs and I'm worried about their mental health. Or it is like, I don't know if they're going to graduate from high school. They are is- isolated. They won't even see friends. They won't, you know, go to a therapist. They, won- you know, they refuse all of this help. You know, serious, serious things, you know, and conversations. How do you, how do you, I mean, obviously... We've talked about communication, but I'm wondering in what places um, have you found the best success in resetting those boundaries or even finding out where they are when it's severe, when, when, when you're dealing with not just a typical, I'm just testing things out, but like, ooh, this could be dangerous. How do you handle that?
1: Well, when, my, when I finally realized what was happening with my youngest, I realized we've, I've got to get her some... Medical help mm. um, and uh, and therapy, and that is something that uh, it 's scary, mm-hmm. and as a single mom, I just felt so overwhelmed it 's like, can I take care of her? Um, I remember, and this you know i, I don 't want to trigger anyone, but when she told me that she called the suicide hotline i I was grateful that she told me, but at the same uh-huh. time, my mom heart just uh-huh. broke and shattered i <sighs> what did i do wrong what, what that she couldn't come to me and so but i realize i've got to get her help that i can't provide uh, i i love her fiercely but i don't know how to solve that problem and so let's get her you know into a doctors that can help her with medication and we can get her to a therapist and you know and she she's such a good girl they they're just all they're just such good kids these teenagers that that are hmm. being raised in yeah. this in this mm-hmm. hard world, and uh, and she took charge of you know her of what she felt she needed, and, like, and but it's not something that's solved the next day. It's not like okay, we have this problem on Monday, by Friday everything's fine. We called the a therapist, yes. and now everything's now, now, now everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. You just it's a day by day thing. You have to communicate, even if it's for five minutes. You have to communicate. You have to talk. I'm here. I'm ready. To, mm-hmm. I, you know, and you just, it's a day-by-day thing.
0: It's a day-by-day thing. Oh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. i That's yeah, the worst. Wow. When your kids are not doing when well. When your kids are not doing well. It's and scary. Especially, and I think it makes it worse, too, when you are just holding that for yourself, you know? I remember one time, it was a very intense situation um, surrounding it. It's never one thing. That's the mm-hmm, other thing mm-hmm. that I want to say, too. Yeah. It's not like you're parenting teenagers or parenting anybody under the best circumstances. It's always more than one thing, right? One of my kids um texted me in the next room, "Hey, I thought I could take care of this myself. Turns out I can't, you know, and um and I'm going to need help." And it was a big thing, but it was a lot of things. It wasn't just one thing that was it was just a Perfect circle of not great things. and um, But I remember in the after of saying, like, obviously, we're not super happy about any of this. I'm not going to pretend to be, but I'm so glad that you came to us. You know, I'm so—and and I do think that when you're setting boundaries or you're changing them— and and they've asked for help or that they will receive it to say that was the right thing to do to sort of that reinforce that positive reinforcement of like coming to us was the right thing because we're not just making these arbitrary rules to control you we really want to set you on a great path for success for for you to be a healthy happy adult like this is not us just having arbitrary rules that we can't talk about that we can't discuss you yeah. know but we just want to help and because things were so bad, and um, we were able to help, but we also let that child, that teenager, feel the consequences of some really poor choices. And as they said, that that worked. And, you know, you just hope,
1: <laughs> but you never know. You never know. Yeah. Well, and it's helped if you're consistent. If you're consistent in what, what you say, what you believe, um, what you teach— if you're consistent, then they can rely on that. Yeah. Even when their life is upside down and topsy-turvy, you're consistent, and they know that. Yeah, And so they can— That consistency can is important. I mean,
0: there's so many things to cover in this, and we've come to sort of the end of it, which I feel like we've only kind of just scraped the top. But that's, I think, what's great about these councils, because you can— Continue the conversation with your own friends, like with the specifics about okay, am I being unreasonable, or I need some support in this? Because we need support as parents as we're trying to figure it out because it it's so important. So to end, I'd just like to go around one time and just very briefly. I, I started off this conversation asking you what surprised you the most. Um, what's the biggest thing that you've that you you're so glad that you've learned about setting boundaries with teenagers? I'll give you a second and I'll, I'll start then. I think the thing that I have learned is that um, saying the things that you think are just a given, like that you are proud of them, that, that you want what's best for them, that you love them, saying those things explicitly out loud so that there is no question, doing that consistently is so important. I underestimated that that is so important, explicitly saying what like, oh, of course, I think you're fabulous, of course i I'm you know, I love you, of course, of course, but stopping and saying those things in a meaningful way when there's not a crisis, oh man, that is so important. that's what I've learned.
1: Yeah. Uh, for me, I would say, put down the phone and 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 talk to them. It goes along with what you said. listen and and. Seriously, if you have to put the phone in a drawer, don't look at it, don't, and just listen to what they're saying. Um, I remember once my, one of my kids said to me, you're not listening. And I said, yes, I am. And I kind of reiterated (laughs) back what they said. And and they said, you're looking at your phone. You're not. And I thought, okay, I'm going to turn it and put it under there and shut the drawer. I'm listening. And just, just keep that, just, you know, at, if you listen to them, they'll start listening to you. Uh, but you have to show them the respect that you want to receive. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I think one thing I've learned is flexibility. Flexibility. I wouldn't say that I'm naturally a flexible person, and I think my teenager would <laughs> laugh like really hard to hear me <laughs> say that, like a oh, dumb no, mom. <laughs> um, but with teenagers, you have to be flexible. You have to be able to have conversations and listen to their point of view and like adjust accordingly. And that's not always easy, but it's like absolutely vital with teenagers.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, listening, I'm gonna <laughs> second that, um, and then also modeling to our kids how we can emotionally regulate, um, because you know it's as parents, if we get all uh, heated and and yelling and and upset, um, it's going to that's they're going to follow that behavior, and if and if we can emotionally regulate and and model to them how to do that, then I think that that can be very effective for them in the long run. I love it.
0: And we're talking about the things. This is not toddlers and, uh, you know, young childhood. We're talking about teenagers and young adults. Thank you for joining us on The Council of Moms. Thank you for listening to The Council of Moms. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Find us on any of the podcast platforms. And if you have a question for The Council of Moms, please leave a comment for us on The Lisa Show on Instagram or Facebook.